guys, welcome to the show. This is No Balls Cricket. Uh, I'm your host. I'm officially calling myself now. Uh, Siddharth Pradhan, also club cricketer. Uh, alongside me, as usual, the two idiots of cricket, um, Aditya Devrath, who is our respected journalist but can't bowl to save his life and just gets creamed for sixes. <laughs> Have it on tape. Listen, I, I got paid for life. one six. Just let's. Uh, listen, the evidence doesn't lie. Uh, I had data to back that up. Uh, and then there's Siddharth Solanki, our junior international, who I really have no idea why he even claims he can play cricket. He was that bad. After a few match-winning performances the other day, dude. Really? Which one? What do you mean, which one? The three <laughs> games we played after the death. I was batting for I thought I won all those matches for you. No, you didn't. He d- yes, no, I was in facing 19, I pretty much made like 11-12 and then you came and hit 1-4. At the end. Yeah, but you also wasted like five balls to get to the point where I had to hit the one. No, that was Sam on the other end, dude. I got enough no, balls in the two overs, then I gave strike to him and he couldn't get off strike. Well, let's put it on the record. I was, on, I was also on the other end for both games and I, I was a very good supporting batsman. Really? I don't remember you batting at all. All I remember you nicking off was me. <laughs> also, we do, we, we do have to give... Uh, so that's... Credit because he took four wickets. Somehow. We don't know how. He, it's, he's like the Adil Rashid of our group. But he managed. It's a strategic decision, dude. And I got the best batsman out the most amount of time. So, I am a lot like Adil Rashid. the best exactly. You played on the same team. First of all, you played on the same team as the best batsman. Which was No, that's why I wasn't on my team. But one minute, bro. I have a very important question. Who was the better batsman? Vijay or Dhawan? <laughs> Who's the better golfer? Have we decided yet? No, no. Yeah, have we decided that yet? That's for another day. No, okay, too many, too many inside jokes. Yeah, we, 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 don't, we don't have the data for yeah. can't, can't comment. Can't, can't comment. Anyway, uh, moving on um, from that, we're going to first cover the Asia Cup. Uh, of course, India winning in an absolute unnecessary thriller. <laughs> Kedar Jadav on one leg. Uh, scampered through a leg bar to win, chasing 222 off the last ball of the game, uh, and basically handed India the trophy. Uh, you know, and um, yeah, really, it was quite a boring matchup. It got very unnecessarily close from a situation where it should have had no right to get that close. What do you guys think? I mean, it just like. I think we just wanted to get it, ex- wanted to let it get exciting because it was just otherwise there was no point in anyone watching that game when we were chasing two twenty two. It was like, yeah, India are winning this. Switch off. Okay, so can I get to the important question now? Is the important question about Dinesh Karthik? Of course. I mean, what else did you think it was about? I, it, 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 it has a very easy answer. Did it finally end his international career or no? I really hope so. With all due respect to, uh, to Kartik, who I'm sure is a lovely guy, but he's just not cut it as an international cricketer for a long time now. Isn't it? This is like his fifth attempt. Anyway, uh, but let's talk about some of the, the, the better performances from that game. Uh, there was a 50 for Rohit Sharma. There was a wonderful 100 from Litton Das uh, of Bangladesh. I thought that was truly a brilliant innings. And they did surprise everybody by sending Mary to open the batting. Which worked because they had, they'd been having top order issues throughout the tournament. And I think... Just having one, uh, I mean, obviously not a recognized batsman, but someone who could just play a steady hand and also just made the entire, in theory, it made the entire batting lineup longer, although that didn't end up really working out for them. But I think it helped Lytton Das at the other end. They have Mary there. But also then you have to give such great credit to, to Kedar. I think we just, are we calling him Kedarli Dharan now? Is that his name, officially? Kedarli Dharan? Yeah, I think we should now. I mean, he's like... The man with the golden arm. Yeah. Literally, every time he comes on, he makes things happen. Man with the golden arm, but what's wrong with his legs, dude? Does he not oh, have proper yeah. muscles? The one time he's got injured, didn't he get injured uh, in the IPL ha- as well? That hamstring is made of glass. I think he's been avoiding surgery for a long time, and now he'll probably just have to get it done. Like, he's gotten a lot of sort of rehab done on it without actually getting, uh, getting surgery for it. And I think now, I think it's... He said it's an actual tear, so I think now he can't. He has no other option. I, and you think about it, he's a very important component because he'll probably be your number six at the World Cup. 
Yeah, look, if he's uh, if he's fit, he's an automatic pick in our eleven. So, so it's and if he's not fit, that makes you know that that that's a little worry. That's going to be a little worrisome at the World Cup. So let's talk about the rest of the game now. So Bangladesh won the toss. Uh, sorry, Bangladesh lost the toss. Rohit Sharma put them into bat. Uh, they surprised everybody by sending Mehdi and Litton. Uh, there was a good partnership between the two of them, and then there was this gigantic collapse. But would you expect that without their lords? Uh, lords is only Shakib, right? Uh, and Tommy McBall. Ah, I still haven't understood what this whole lords quota nonsense is. I read the cricket for comment, but why are they calling them? I think these are. It's ironic. Yeah, it's a. It's, it's ironic. ironic. It's yeah. much like Dinesh Karthik is our version of the Lord's quota. <laughs> you don't need him. Are they saying they don't need uh, Shakib and Tamim Iqbal? Oh, I think it is. I get the feeling it was meant to be only Shakib and not. Yeah, I think it was only Shakib. It had nothing to do with, with Tamim Iqbal. Tamim, I'm just including Tamim Iqbal because he's not playing. But I think that I don't know why, but I get, maybe there's this perception amongst Bangladeshi fans that Shakib is just sort of skating by on reputation and he's like. You know, acting like royalty or whatever. I, I don't know. Is does anyone else get that feeling? I think it means flair players, and and the thing is that you can't have more than one. You have too many of them. There's no substance to the team. Shakib is literally the best cricketer in Bangladeshi history. <laughs> what flair player? Listen, this is Bangladesh you're talking about. What's your point? It's still the best. They're, they're not very. They're, they're not very smart. Right. So, anyway, um, basically, uh, that whole collapse was caused by spin and Kedar Jadav, uh, Ravi Jadeja, Kuldeep Yadav and Chahel. And basically, they then sort of just scampered to 222. uh, And then there was our chase. We started off decently well. And then uh, there's a good partnership between Rohit Sharma and Raidu, I think. Yeah. Uh, And then... um, there was a clutch of wickets in the middle. Then Dhoni came and played a really slow inning, I remember. And then he got out doing something completely unnecessary. And then, once Jadav had retired her because of his glass hamstring, uh, it was basically down to Jadeja and Bhuvi. And then Jadeja did, played a silly shot and got out. And left it down to Kedar Jadav in the last over, essentially, to win us the game. And Kuldeep Yadav was back again. And Kuldeep Yadav, which they did basically scampering ones and twos without hitting a shot in anger. And basically getting four of a, what a like getting the last run of a leg by. Um, honorable mention to the Fizz, I thought he was completely brilliant at the death. Didn't allow them to get any runs and really choked off the scoring. Well, yeah, the Fizz is one of the better death bowlers around. But I think, first of all, I want to go back to... Um, like... I know Dhoni's been getting a lot of stick recently, but I actually thought he was playing a pretty good innings until until the Kedar Jadav injury happened. And there was this whole, like, over and a half where they were trying to figure out whether to retire him or not. And I think Dhoni was very adamant that, you know, just get him off the field if he can't run. And the team management wasn't being able to make that call and they just threw him off completely. Uh, because he'd been anchoring the... T- obviously, those, like the, the chase was... Four and over at that point, even while he was going slow. So I think he no. he knew what was going on. Yeah. So anyway, I think Dhoni just got put off by the Kedar Yadav injury, and that that's what led to his dismissal rather than him just playing badly. I thought his innings was fine. Yeah, but it was a bit slow, and that seems to be a concern for us, seeing as uh, we're now looking forward to the World Cup basically. And um, so the one, the couple of things that were left with from this tournament was okay, we won. Yes, we were the most consistent side in the tournament. But what we're left with basically is that we still don't have any answers for number four. Raidu is still untested as far as I'm concerned. Dinesh Karthik isn't it. And now without Kedar Jadav, who knows how long he's going to be out for. And it could be a fair few months, remember, with the muscle tear. Um, we're still scampering for options. The only one good thing is that the bowling seems pretty settled. And yeah, that's our take from the Asia Cup. Afghan- uh, Afghanistan were easily the team of the tournament, um, despite us winning. And Bangladesh surprised everybody by getting through to the final. Also, Rohit Sharma should replace Virat Kohli as ODI captain. Just saying. It might just ease the pressure on Virat Kohli as well. Yeah, <laughs> Those are takes from the Asia Cup, definitely. So, moving on from there, um, 
there's not much time between the next international assignment, which is a test series against the West Indies. Two tests. One in uh, Mr. Solanke's hometown of Rajput. It's not my hometown. That's the, it's. I thought it was. No, my hometown's Bombay. I was born here. It's just where no, my uncle stays. Okay, fine. Your, your native... It's what, not even my native, native place. This <laughs> is where my uncle stays, dude. No, yeah. So, isn't that your, isn't your family from there? Doesn't it make it your native place? No, no, no. Right. My family's from Bombay, dude. My daddy's from Bombay. Um... It's, we're from Bombay. You use the same logic for, for, for Mr. Devrat. I mean, his family is Bihari. They're from Bihar. Yeah. But, 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 but we are, is not like it's literally... I've ne- I've, I go there once in three, four years. And it's not, never mind. It's such a pointless discussion. <laughs> anyway. Um, okay, so the, the squad for the test series is out. Um, as we expected, uh, both Vijay and Dhawan have been dropped. And uh, there's still no decision as to who's better, though. Uh, and Prithvi Shaw and Mayank Agarwal have been included in their place. Shaw was in the um, squad in England as well. And Mayank Agarwal has fought his way into this one. Uh, also, Karun Nair has been dropped. And Hanuma Vihari has kept his place. Also, Jasri Bumrah has been left out and basically been rested for this series. To keep him fresh for Australia. Uh, Bovi's also been given an extended rest because uh, he wasn't fit for the England series. And those are the basic, uh, you know, important selection details. Other than that, Kohli's back. Mohamed Siraj is, is, is picked for the first Oh, place. yeah, and Mohamed Siraj has come in place of uh, Bumrah. And that's the other change. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, those are the salient features from that squad. What do you guys reckon? Uh, good squad to take on the West Indies? Or giving people a few options? Yeah, I don't see any... Um, huge problems I had with this squad. Uh, I think it's good that we're giving our openers a chance, especially uh, my uncle Garbar, because he's been he's been knocking on the door for a long, long, long time. So it's good that he's getting a shot. The only thing I was surprised by was the whole Karun Naya thing. It it just doesn't make any sense. I know Vihari had one good game in uh, England. But why why did we drop Karanaya? He d- he didn't even have an opportunity to do anything wrong. Have you guys heard of that theory where they're saying that the team management didn't like him, but the selectors wanted him in the side? I don't get why they wouldn't like him after he scored a triple century, right? Like, what was that to not like? It, it was a thing about I don't know. So it's the internet, so you can't believe everything on there. But one source was saying that they didn't like his attitude, and they preferred other players and. Karuna is kind of forced by the selectors to be on the side, but the management didn't want him. Really? That's just so bizarre. The fault of his was that, yeah, it's just bizarre. I mean, the only fault of his is not having been given any opportunity to make any runs anywhere. Yeah. I mean, that's not really his fault, is it? Yeah, they didn't even let him go back home and make runs. They just made him serve water. Which clearly he couldn't do properly. That's right. Yeah, I mean, that explains. Uh, uh, I mean, so. Two things here. Uh, one, Maya Kagarwal being included, that's a big plus for him. I think he deserves a chance at, at uh, being in the Test Match squad. But by all likelihood, he's still second in the pecking order to Shaw because Shaw was included in the series in England. I was going to ask you that though, because do you think Agarwal has, I mean, has a better record overall, right? Just simply by longevity and having been in domestic cricket for a lot longer than Shaw, he, like, what do you think he's a little ahead of Shaw in the pecking order because it's all, I don't mean just purely on seniority but also just because he's been making runs consistently for season after season rather than just yeah, having done it for one or two because this guy has the record for most runs in a Ranji season ever I think he, he deserves to get go ahead of Shaw at least but then I don't necessarily I don't agree with either of, I don't agree with this opinion yeah but the, the logic logic doesn't come into play here because we've seen what they've done with Karun Nair so you never know what these guys are going to do. Yeah, okay. So, but by... Uh, you look at it this way. By logic, they should pick Mayank Agarwal. But my hunch is, because they think Shaw's got the greater potential and could be around for a longer longer span of time than Agarwal being only 20. Or what is he? 19. Um, 18. You know, that 18. he would be the... Auto- oh, he's 18. He's not even 19. My bad. Um, but yeah, I mean... And, and, and to be fair, Prithvi Shaw's been marked out for greatness... For a long, long time, ever since he made 560 in a school game. So, but Sid, would, but Sid you're talking about Mayank Agarwal as if he's 37 and he's only got a couple of years of cricket left in him. 
No, I know he's going to be. That. I know you're saying that Shaw will be there around for a longer time, but Agarwal's only 27. I don't think a short-sighted thing, right? We just want them to be prepared for Australia. I think they're thinking five years but down the line, who's going to be a better batsman right now? Who do you think is a better batsman right now? I've not seen either of them, but I like Shaw. So then you can't comment. Yeah, I know, I know. What about you, Mr. Weber? I mean, I saw Shaw in the, in the Under-19 World Cup. I've seen Agarwal in the um, in the IPL. I think, potential-wise, I would agree that Shaw has a lot more. Uh, but I think you look at the domestic records, I would say Agarwal's a better batsman right now because he's he's just been proving it for a longer time. Yeah, um, and even in these um, tour games and list A games, he's just been <coughs> playing consistently well. Not saying Shaw hasn't been. Um, I think Agarwal has been doing this for slightly longer. I feel like he deserves a shot before him. Uh, so, in the, in the tour games, while uh, uh, Shaw's been eating up bowling attacks for breakfast in the list A, Vijay Hazare Trophy, he's made 300s in four games. So, not something you can exactly argue with. There are lots of runs coming through from him. I'm not saying that even one is clearly better than the other. It's more, it's just that I don't think it's that, like, I, you're saying that Shaw is a very clear pick. I don't think that's the case. And I would, in fact, say that Agarwal would edge it at the moment. No, I, I'm not saying Shaw is a clear pick. I'm just saying they're more likely to go. Whereas you guys are think, saying Agarwal, I say Shaw is more likely to be picked ahead of Agarwal. That's the only thing that we're trying to say here. Yeah, I'm sticking to a Rahul Agarwal combination for the first test. So, okay, all Karnataka opening combination for that test match. And a uh, quick word on Siraj. I don't think he's going to get to play the test match, with, especially if it's going to be in Rajkot, which is basically a turner. Uh, and especially with Umesh Yadav being the senior bowler still in the squad. Uh, but uh, oh, Umesh Yadav and Shami... You'd you assume they're playing three, three seamers though, right? I wouldn't actually. I'd assume we're playing three spinners on this this kind of Really? Yeah. I suppose. Yeah, if we're playing three spinners, then yeah, Siraj. Obviously, Siraj misses that. I just, I'm just not sure. It's that I, I wouldn't have guessed that actually. I would have just thought it's Jadeja Ashwin. But it shows that in India, if you do well in uh, first-class cricket, unlike in England, you can get picked for a Test team. Uh, uh, yeah. So I mean, that's going to be our squad basically for the series. Uh, do you guys expect Siraj to play any part in it? Do you think the second test they might give him a go? I think uh, I actually think he'll play both tests. I'm not sure that uh, I I don't know if uh, especially because I'm not the Ashwin isn't past fit, but maybe they'd still rather rest him at least for one of them. Um, but in any case, I just feel like we'd go with three seamers and two spinners. So I think Siraj will play. And predictions for this series? Two nil. Two nil. That's. Virat Kohli, four centuries. I'm going to say that. Right? <laughs> I, I don't think he'll even get to bat enough to make four centuries. The government two doubles, but yeah, two nil. Right, um, that's our segment on the India and West Indies test series. Uh, the last little bit for today, there's also a test series between Australia and Pakistan that is supposed to be played in the UAE. Uh, I'm not sure they're going to play because it's too hot. But the, the, the big news from that is the dropping of Mohamed Amir from the Pakistani test squad. I think it is coming. It's be, it's, it, I mean, he was a little unlucky during Pakistan's series in, in England. but And he's been unlucky ever since he's come back, really. But his form has just not been there, right? Like, he's just not... Uh, his swing seems to have disappeared a bit. Um, it definitely wasn't there at all during the Asia Cup, uh, even though that's ODIs and not test. But... Um, and he's just not—he's just not looking as effective as a bowler as he was even a year ago into his when he was just into his comeback. I mean, there's an argument to be made that he hasn't been the same bowler since he came back. No, but he's uh, still been—he's still been a really good bowler. He's not been like amazing. The 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 Amir we saw in 2010, he's not been that. But he's been a really good bowler, except for the last six seven months or so. Uh, yeah, so two tests in that series. It's also Australia's first series since Sandpaper Gate, remember? So that should be an interesting one for them. Uh, Tim Payne as captain is an interesting one. Tim Payne as captain, Aaron Finch lined up to make test debut and uh, open the batting for them. So that'll be interesting to see. Um, they warmed up pretty nicely. Nathan Lyon took eight wickets in the first innings of the warm-up game against Pakistan <laughs> A and uh, both the Marsh brothers have gotten runs. So it'll be interesting to see how they go because they have done pretty well in that game. 
Yeah, and Pakistan are in a uh, bit of flux at the moment. Like this, I mean, yeah, Sarfraz, his form is under a lot of doubt. Um, you know, his captaincy is also coming into question a little bit. So they they have a decent batting lineup, but I think that this might be a tricky series. Uh, they also have two very good spinners, though. Shadab is there and Yasir Shah is back in the Test squad, so that should be an interesting series. Uh, predictions for that two Tests only in that series. One one. Yeah, I was going to say 1-1 one, one also. Ooh. Ooh, interesting. Stuff to, tough to predict. Although Australia, uh, actually, you know what? No, I'm going to t- I'm going with either 1-0 or 2-0 to Pakistan because Australia have a bunch of novice batsmen who have never played good spin before. So I changed my mind. I, I didn't think That's about that. That's also true. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm also going to go 1-0 uh, to Pakistan. I just feel one of those test matches is going to end in a draw. Those pitches are rather flat. Uh, and the last thing on this segment before we move on uh, is... Uh, the domestic one-day scene in India, uh, the Vijay Hazare Trophy currently being played, our home state of Mumbai, they are doing fabulously well. Currently unbeaten, six games, five wins, one no result. And lots of good performances. Rahane is the captain, Shreyas Iyer has gotten runs and Shaw as well. Like, why don't you just tell us a lot about Shreyas Iyer and why he should, why he's been <laughs> one of the most overlooked players in Indian cricket recently? Three uh, hundreds out of those five games for Shreyas Iyer. Uh, one of them a giant one fifty, and they've beaten good sides. It's not like they've been uh, playing against bad teams or low, lowly ranked teams in domestic cricket. They've beaten good sides, and uh, Shreyas Iyer, one of the most, I think, most unfairly treated batsmen. Got him looking during the South Africa series for the one-day squad and then was dropped for no apparent reason, much like Karun Nair after that. And since then, hasn't gotten a look in. And The only way you can really respond is by piling on runs in domestic cricket. And that's what he's done. And, and uh, yeah, we look forward to having him in place of Dinesh Karthik in the <laughs> next one-day series against the I was, was going to say, the, the West Indies series, you expect Kohli to come back. So, that's one spot that goes either Raidu's or Rahul's or... Kartik, but do you, you think are the selectors going to give enough value to the Vijay Hazare to give Ayer another go now? Well, I mean, if you don't give value to the Vijay Hazare trophy, then you're devaluing your own domestic competition. And wh- what do you do with Shaw, though? Because he's playing in a position where he's... Like, if there's ever a need for a backup opener, you've already got KL Rahul there. So, you he's kind of... His, his, his road to the team is kind of blocked, even though he's in superb form. Uh, at this point with Shaw, I think we should just try and get him to concentrate on test and first class cricket. Um, when and eventually the time will come for him to play one day cricket, we will get him to as an opener because that seems to be so. Fun. He's not at all. In con- kind of so regardless of his form, he's not at all in contention for the World Cup squad. Uh, he might. He probably be in the twenty-five, but I don't think he make the final squad. No, not not with the openers that we have. Fair enough. Right. Uh, that's this segment. We'll move on to a special segment next. Right. On to part two of this segment. We're switching up post mid segment, uh, mid episode this time. And also, we have lost our uh, junior pro because he is off in Rajkot to cover the test match for us for the next. No, no, he's not. Off in Rajkot, he's on a train to Rajkot. Well, yes, he's he's on his way to Rajkot. Sounds less glamour, glamorous than it actually is. He's off to Rajkot. Mm-hmm. That still makes it sound glamorous. The the, the Bombay Rajkot yeah, is not yeah, particularly yeah. glamorous, though. Uh, but yes, no, Sajad, no. Mr. Sajad Salanki yes. is is on his way to Rajkot, and he will be at the ground for the first Test match between India and West Indies. That should be pretty fun. Uh, keep following us for updates from that. And now, uh, so last week we did the uh, Asia 11, which got a lot of interesting feedback. I think a lot of the uh, Bangladeshi fans were annoyed that we didn't pick Shakib Al-Hassan um, over Yuvraj Singh or over Imran Khan. I don't know wh- how you justify either of those picks, but apparently if you're Bangladeshi, you can. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> No, also, I feel that because of this, now we have to, apo- we don't need to... You know what? They want us to apologize to the country of Bangladesh. Just remember one thing. I'm not doing that. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm also not apologizing for the, to the country of Bangladesh for this. Shakib might yeah, be Bangladesh's no, best ever cricketer, but I don't think he's a, like 
one of the 11 best Asian cricketers ever. That's that's a stretch. Uh, what was the other controversy yeah, sorry, on? What, what was the other controversy on Reddit though? Some some other pick, right? Well, I think we, right. the so there was a lot like of there was a lot of controversy in. on um, people. There's two picks here. Yuvraj Singh had a lot of controversy over him. A lot of people didn't want him in there. Um, and a lot of people didn't want, well, didn't agree with Shoaib Akhtar. They wanted a second spinner. Uh, but unfortunately, we decided not to go with that because, you know, there's a guy that bowls 100 miles an hour. So right. that's, that's good enough reason. Yeah. I, I, I mean, look, that was pretty much the reason we picked him. Uh, apart yeah, from his, actually, his genuinely really good record. But yeah, the fact that he could bowl at that pace. Mm-hmm. Also, I think, I believe we yeah. got a bit of flack for naming Imran over uh, Dhoni as captain and for not picking Kapil at all. Now, that was only one guy, so I'm not even going to uh, respond. I mean, look, you know, we are anti-national. I, I guess people will just have to deal with it. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> anyway, so now, so this <laughs> anyway. this week's exercise is to come up with a competing rest of World Eleven team. Um, and yeah, so we're going to get straight into it. So starting off with the openers, uh, Sid has one favourite player that he's just going to mention straight off, I think is a fairly clear choice at... Uh, at one of the yeah, top. I mean, he kind of fills two spots in one go, right? Adam Gilchrist, he's your opener, he's also your wicketkeeper. And there's no real debate about this, is there? Yeah, I mean, look, I think there are people, there, there are opening batsmen who have better stats. Uh, and there are plenty, like, I, I don't know if Gilchrist would get in as a batsman alone, but he definitely gets in as a wicketkeeper and then you know he's just going to open anyway. L- listen, the guy scored his runs at an average of... 38 and a strike rate of 97. He's going to make my team every day. That's a higher strike rate than Virat Kohli. Yeah, we had this, you and I had this had a lengthy debate about this off pod, and I was more or less worn down. It was hard to hard to argue for too long. But who? Yeah, you. I mean, great. Well, well greatest one day wicketkeeper other than MS Dhoni. Yeah, possibly. But who who do you have yeah. partnering him? We have plenty of options. You have you know people like Hayden. Uh, Desmond Haynes would get a mention, although his strike rate's a little low. Um, and then, you know, the the more modern option, someone like Hashim Amla, who has an incredible record. Um, yeah, but plenty of people you could to pick from as Gilchrist's uh, Gilchrist partner. Uh, you also have to mention Chris Gale. Of course, this, and um, Chris Gale. I, 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 oh, yeah, truly great one-day yeah, opener. No, actually, the only, only one-day opener outside of the subcontinent to make a double hundred, other than Martin Gar- Sorry. Uh, other than Martin Guptill. What about Guptill himself? Do you think so, he's an all-time great? Again, when I was mentioning uh, people with better numbers than Gilchrist, Guptill is one of them. No, I don't think so. I, I, I think Guptill has to... Well, two things. Gilchrist done it on the biggest stage, one. And um, higher strike rate. Uh, but Guptill, no. I mean, he may have a higher average, but his strike rate is lower. And I don't think he's a great player. Let's put it that way. I think Gale's better. Amla's better. A lot of people are ahead of the queue. Yeah. Uh, Mc, uh, Guptil's compatriot is also going to miss out on this. McCullum obviously re- was a revolutionary figure for New Zealand cricket, but he's just, just not consistent enough to be an all-time, uh, all-time overall great. I, I think he'd definitely be in New Zealand's all-time 11, but probably not in the rest, oh, definitely, of, yeah, probably not in the rest of World 11. No, I don't think he'd make the rest of the World 11. Uh, honestly, if I'm going for the second opener, I can't look too much past Amla. Also, it'll give you a left-hand, right-hand combination at the top, which would be very positively scary. Yeah. All, I mean, we'd have both because we picked Sachin and Jayasuri on the other team. So, that would be uh, mirroring that combination. But, I mean, if you have a guy, Amla's stats are really hard to look past, even with Chris Kale and the amount of runs that, and centuries that he's made. But Hashim Amla, um, it's just an amazing record. He's made more hundreds than Chris Kale. He averages 14 runs more than him. So, yeah. I can't argue with so, that. You really so, can't argue Am- with that. Amla's average is 49 overall and 50 as an opener. which is, mm-hmm. uh, And he's, uh, he's consistently been the quickest to like, just about every landmark. 1,000 runs, 2,000 runs. You know, 3,000. Uh, even I think even Kohli has hasn't scored, uh, hasn't reached those landmarks as quickly as Amla has. You know, if South Africa win the World Cup next year and Amla has a large part to play in it, there could be a case for putting him as one of the greatest openers ever. So we'd put him alongside Sachin essentially in an all, overall all-time eleven. Notice how I'm not mentioning a specific word that was probably going to happen to South Africa next year. If it doesn't happen and they do end up by some 
miraculous act of Zeus win the World Cup next year. And this guy is part of that team. You know, he could be in line to become one of the greatest ever. Just, I mean, his stats are fantastic. I think he's already one of the greatest ever. I think it's just World Cup success will just like put him over the edge in terms of... Yeah, yeah. it will put him over the edge, definitely. Right, so we've got an Amla-Gilchrist opening partnership. Now, here's where it gets tough because you have... Three, four, five, six, and a bunch of great candidates to pick from. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, Brian Lara, Viv Richards, Ricky Ponting, Jacques Callis, who is also doubles up as an all as a bowler essentially. You know, A. B. De Villiers, so many great middle order batsmen. Yeah, I mean, you'd have to fit uh, along those lines. I guess you kind of have to fit pretty much all of them in. The only real debate, I I can't look past Jacques Callis because he's the all rounder in the side. He's definitely the the best overall cricketer, because he could do both. I mean, 280 one-day wickets is no mean feat, but you add 30 to 12 and a half thousand runs, and that's that's a scary statistic. That's a very scary statistic. Yeah, no, and uh, I mean, it's just, you know anyway, just by team composition also, you just know we're going to pick four bowlers later on, so Callis becomes our fifth there. But also, just just as a batsman, he is that good like he, to be in this conversation. Exactly. And and let me put things into perspective for you. He has gotten more one-day wickets than every single Indian fast bowler. <laughs> okay? Let's just put that into perspective for a minute. To be fair, it's, it's, we haven't had a great Indian fast bowler in ODIs apart from Kapil until the last couple of years. No, 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 no. We had one. You're missing the, the, golden, the golden boy of Indian cricket. With the with the ball in in one day cricket, he actually has a pretty fabulous record. I, if I might add, are we any guesses? Are, are, are you talking about Agarkar by any chance? Of course I am. How <laughs> did you know? <laughs> How did you know? He's actually got a pretty decent record, but no. But um, Kalis still has more wickets than him. Here, I'm going to throw in a left field option here. Someone. Um, who doesn't have the volume of runs just because of the number of fewer number of matches he's played? But Kevin Peterson has an average of forty at a stri- and uh, a strike rate of 86, 87 almost. Where would you put him alongside people like Ponting and Lara and De Villiers and Richards? Mm. Nah, not not quite in the same. I mean, he was very good, but not quite in the same league. Maybe and honestly, I feel that had England not robbed him of the opportunity to play international cricket when they did. He could have been alongside these guys in that that pantheon of, of players. Yeah, if he, but not I mean, quite. that was what 2014, right? Or so when when they ended yeah, 2014, up sacking 2014, him. Yeah. yeah, if he'd been playing for four more mm-hmm. years since then, he'd probably already be one of the all-time greats. Exactly, and because the thing was, um, him and Cook in Test cricket were at a similar stage when he got sacked and Cook took over the captaincy. Um, but Cook. Of course, has surpassed all English records in Test cricket. But Alistair Cook was never a great one-day player. Yeah. Whereas Kevin Peterson was all formats. So yeah, he he probably he would have he would have if I mean already as as a player won them their only global title, the World T Twenty in twenty ten. Yeah. So quite probably he would have been the greatest. I mean, he's definitely the greatest English one-day player. You'd you'd say he's the best ever English one-day player. No, hands down. Uh, they're best one-day batsman ever. I, I can't look past him. Fair enough. So, but but you wouldn't put him in this 11? Uh, not in this 11, no. I think there's far... There's, there's more accomplished uh, cricketers statistically and and through their aura, through their ability, through everything. Alright, fair enough. So then, so we've got Callis as one of our top, like, three in middle order. Um what about the, what about the other three batsmen? We've got, uh, I, I think the AB De Villiers is pretty much an automatic pick. Oh, AB De Villiers has to be an automatic pick, and for me, he'd probably be uh, one of the lower guys in this. He probably bat say six or six, five or six in that in that situation, just because he's so good uh, at coming in and just teeing off from ball one. I mean, can play three sixty, can hit the ball anywhere. Phenomenal, phenomenal cricketer. There was a there's a stat that since Virat Kohli made his one day debut in 2008, AB De Villiers is the only cricketer that has kept up with him. Literally the only cricketer. And and and, and he played fewer games. And he played fewer games and he scores at such a at a much better strike rate. And yeah, he scores at 13 runs 
he's 13 runs per 100 balls quicker than Virat Kohli. And, and of course, he owns the record for the fastest ever century in a one-day international. I mean, that tells you all you want to know. And just by the way, he can bat just about anywhere in the middle order, right? Because he's got an average of 60 at 3, 53 at 4, 78 at 5. I think the, he's only played twice at 6 and been unbeaten both times. So, he technically doesn't have an average uh, at 6. But he can play anywhere across in that middle order. And his strike rate, his strike rate is oh, over 100. And he has an average of overall average yeah. of plus fifty. He's uh, um, like, I think there's a case. Or if if you if you look past the World Cup disappointments, there's a case that he's he is possibly the greatest ODI batsman ever. Uh, again, I, the problem there is to be that level of great ODI batsman. Uh, I guess longevity also has to factor in, and I don't think he quite has the longevity just yet. And because he's retired now, he won't get it. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's still kind of hard, hard to remember that he's retired. You feel like he's still playing. Yeah, I know. It's 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 something very hard to stomach, isn't it? Yeah. So we've got yeah. De, so we've got Devilliers, Callis. You know, we, we we're shying away from the C word, but we've got already got three South Africans in in this lineup. Just by the way. But I mean, it shows you that they've had a very very good side. Yeah, they they've had some great players. They've just. Like always, managed to uh, what's another word? Uh, managed to fluff their lines when it's counted. Oh, uh, so we're basically not using that word. Uh, look, I was fine using it, but then you you decided to make it a thing. So, see, because if I say it, uh, then we'll probably jinx their chances in the World Cup. So, <laughs> so let's not say it. Let 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 some idiot in South Africa do it. I don't want South Africa losing on me, man. <laughs> That's bad karma. So. Callis at 5, De Villiers at 6, pretty much. Um, we just have to pick a 3-4 out of Ponting, Lara and, and Richards. Uh, that's tough, isn't it? <laughs> How do you pick that? Uh, Which one of these do you, well, first, do you first, think first. is the automatic pick? I think Richards would be the automatic pick because, because two things. One... For his era, he was so far ahead of everybody in one-day cricket. It, it's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, and also, he's the only one out of the three that could chip in with the ball. Fabulous fielder as well, don't forget. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, Ponting was also a great fielder. But, um, Viv Richards is, yeah. has won the West Indies two World Cup finals. One by fielding and one yeah, by pegging. <laughs> that is true. And I don't think anybody can say that, that right? Is, that is quite true. Also, just his his, his numbers, yeah. by the way. He obviously played fewer ODIs because you know that was just his era. But forty, an average of forty-seven, a strike rate of ninety while playing in the eighties, man. Like nobody scored that quick. That's unreal, then. right? Like ninety. No, is, I mean that's unbelievable. His strike rate is hey, quicker than Kohli. You look at Haynes and Greenwich; they're scoring at sixty-five, exactly. seventy. His strike rate is quicker than a lot of really good batsmen of the modern era. Like Kohli's strike rate isn't it's as higher than, isn't as good as Richards. It, no, it's not. It's Kohli's is eighty-seven. Yeah, and uh, I think it's even higher than Tendulkar. Exactly. Yeah, that's an amazing stat. That really is an amazing stat. And I think for that alone, he should get it. So Richard is the so so Ponting and Lara. And I think this is the one where we either upset or you know Australia Reddit or we upset West India West Indies Reddit. You can decide which one you want to do. Okay, look, right. I don't like either of I I'm sorry to all my West Indian fans. As a player, I have immense respect for Brian Lara. As a person, I've never liked him. That's interesting. Never. Never. I've not seen people I've but not seen many people that, outside having, of Michael Holding say that they don't like Lara the person. Having said that, having said that, having said I, I honestly feel that him him as captain was probably the man. Who started the rot in terms of leading to the West, to West, to where West Indies cricket is? He started the rot. Do you really think? I, I mean, look, I think the rot is largely down to, to the administrators more than anything, right? In, in West Indies cricket. Uh, yeah, but Lara was uh, the first man to ever lead a protest, and I, I think it rests with him on his shoulders as captain of that side. I mean, I, look, you know, that would be a fascinating uh, topic for a separate pod altogether. But, yeah, exactly. Uh, but, but I would say that if, if he felt the need to lead a protest, he, there was probably a good reason for it. Maybe. Um, 
But having said any anything I say about Lara is co- counteracted by the point that I think Ricky Ponting was probably the most pompous, arrogant captain I've ever seen in my life. I think he's one of the most and pompous, arrogant yeah. player. I think he's one of the most, most unlikable, unlikable players yes. I've ever come across as a fan. I just and I know his off off pitch persona is nice. He's been decent as a coach, you know, um, in the IPL and in the Australian setup. But he's just such a jackass. I, I look, we, ca- we, ca- we can't do, we can't drop him because he was a jackass. But I'm just I just want it there on the record. No, I'm going to drop him because <laughs> he was a jackass. Play, plain and simple. I'm picking Lara over him, but also because Lara in the history of international cricket, there are two batsmen. Maybe you leave out Bradman because that was a different era. But in terms of world cricket, there are two batsmen, right? There's Tendulkar and there's Lara. And if you don't have either of them in your side. I mean, second greatest batch. Well, arguably the the greatest batsman that ever lived. Can't argue with that. So I'm just gonna I'm gonna just throw some numbers in here because you know we we have to honor um, Siddharth even though he's not here on the pod. Ponting's mm-hmm. average was 42 and his strike rate was his strike rate was 80. Lara's average was 41 and his strike rate was 79. Uh. Listen, that's very marginal. So then you're gonna go on personal preference, and <laughs> I just prefer Lara, and he's left-handed, and I just like left-handed. <laughs> Ponting, to be fair, by the way, Lara had a uh, had a bet, much better strike rate in World Cup games, even though Ponting's average in the World Cup was three runs higher. And you, and also, I mean, we we talked about the World Cup a lot in the last uh, in in the last pod, and you have to give. A little bit of credit to the fact that Ponting played in a much better team as well, which it sort of inflates his numbers and also just inflates the amount of success he has. Whereas Lara was quite often a lone man, a lone warrior in that West Indies side. I mean, that was towards the end of Lara's career. You also have to remember that when he made his debut, the West Indies were the West Indies. That's also that is the that first, is true. yeah, the first five or six years of Lara's career, he played in the, in like the West Indies. You know that West Indies, four fast bowlers. Uh, trying to knock your teeth out that West Indies. <laughs> you know? So, great player. But no, gra- look, great player. And the fact that he could do it on his own versus Ponting, also, that puts him ahead for me. And I just love watching Lara back. I thought he could... He would take people apart and take attacks apart, make them look stupid. Whereas, Ponting was brutal, Lara was brilliant. And that, I think, rates higher for me. Right. X factors. Into, I, I'm, I can't wait till Gudu hears this pod and be and just is like, what are you guys talking about? There's no data, but we are picking Lara over Ponting based on no statistics. Well, he's not here, so <laughs> based on so, based on you know, purely based on purely in visual life. interpretation yeah. and all everything that we've watched. Um, so yeah. right, that's our middle order. We've got what you'd say, Richard at three, Lara at four. No, you'd actually go the other, um, the other way around. No, I, I okay, so. I'd vote this way. Uh, Lara's the one man out of those guys that can back pretty much anywhere in the lineup. Right? So you'd actually go Callis 3, Richards 4. No, sorry. Callis 3, Lara 4, Richards 5. Ooh, interesting. Okay, fine. Callis 3. And you get the best out of all three of them. Alright. Callis 3, Lara 4, Richards 5. Alright. And then we've got yeah. the videos at 6. Who's your number 7? Yeah. Because here, in, in well, the India side, we picked a bo- an all-round... Uh, sorry, in the Asia side, we picked an all-rounder. Here, we're picking a finishing batsman. Well, so you then you look at the finishing batsman, right? There was... Well, India had MS Dhoni, obviously. Um, Australia had two great ones. Michael Bevan and Michael Hasi. Yeah. Bevan... That's a hard pick, isn't yeah. it? Bevan has a 50-plus average. I, I think it's 54, which is ridiculous batting at 6 or 7 his entire career. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you're, you know, that's, that's probably what adds to Dhoni's aura as well, to have a 50-plus average from where he's batted. Um, and Hussey's, I think, is 48, but at a much quicker strike rate. Uh, yeah, Hussey. And, and I think that, as a finisher, that would be a very vital thing because your, your strike rate has to be up there. And that's where probably, I think, Hussey edges it for me. All right, no debate there. I mean, I, I I'm fine to go with either. So, and I believe uh, Sid wrote in his picks and he he picked Hussey over Bevan as well. 
No, I pick Hasi over Bevan. I think I think uh, better player, and I'm more adaptable than Bevan. I, I mean, I need because uh, the thing was, Hasi could do everything. He could he could bat slowly. He could play time, uh, and he could also attack. And he was brutal. I remember um, that 2007 World Cup. There were plenty of games that he did that in, and there was a, and he also did it in T20. Remember that? Yeah, I was go- I was just gonna say four run over. The over uh, over uh, against Saeed Ajman when they were chasing. Yeah, I was I was just thinking about the same match. I, I think the my yeah. memory of Hasi is that innings against Pakistan. Yeah, so most definitely uh, Hasi over that. All right, Hasi at seven. Two bowlers are pretty much guaranteed picks: uh, Shane Warne and Glenn McGrath. Uh, I'm glad we've kept. Oh yeah, there's no there's there's no questioning there because I don't think there's ever been a better spinner other than maybe Murli. Yeah. And we, I mean, you know, Shane Warne has a has a caveat of missing the O3 World Cup, but he also pretty much single handedly won them the '99 one. He won them. I think, funny enough, if you watch Shane Warne, I think his best performance in a World Cup game, even though they didn't win that World Cup, was in '96. Um, the West Indies in the semi final against Australia were 160 for two, chasing yeah. 207. And then Warne just turned that around. And Warne turned the game around. Yeah, and I think for me that was probably his best performance. I know he, he basically blew Pakistan away, and he turned the '99 semi-final on its head as well yep. with a couple of wickets. So great! I mean, Shane Warne, hands down, no no questions asked. Yeah, Shane Warne's your e- easily spinner. your greatest uh, yeah. your sp- your pick as the spinner. Yeah, and McGrath I think is an easy okay. pick as the uh, as the as the lead pacer. The question is, who do you pick in the uh, in, amongst the other two? Um, well, you have a few options. Joel Garner was magnificent. Yeah. Though so he played only what was it? I think ninety six or ninety eight games, so his over, overall numbers are a little low. But an average of eighteen in one day's one day was, that's crazy. That's unbelievable, isn't it? Yeah. No, great player. Um, and, and Big Bird, very awkward. Really, you know that ball coming at you from about ten feet, and his ability to ping Yorkers can't beat that. Yeah. So Joel Gar- yeah, Garner is an option. Then of course you've got. Like which, like with when we pick Shoaib Akhtar, we have the Brett Lee option of someone who can just bowl that quick. Um, I think Brett Lee would be an automatic pick, judging by his record as well. Yeah, Bre- I mean, Brett Lee's bowling record is fantastic. Um, I'm actually, and he's probably a better one-day bowler than a Test bowler as well. Well, I mean, I think that that partly comes down to his, uh, you know, his injury injury history, right? I think Tests were just a little, um, like, kinder on his body. Uh, sorry, Tests were a little harsher on his body because of. Uh, how injured he used to get. Yeah, much like Shoaib. So, I guess it's, it was all great fast bowlers. Yeah. but And the ones that are genuinely fast. So. I'm just going to pull this up. Though. But yeah. So, Brett Lee's... Another guy who could hit one 100 miles an hour. So yes. That's, that's a scary prospect. And Brett Lee had an, av- had an ODI average of 23 with 380 wickets, which is crazy. And, you know... That's it, and, and for someone of his pace to, to have an economy of just four points, four point eight. When normally you associate quicks with you know going for uh, going for runs in the search of wickets, the you know phenomenal bowler. So, um, so we suddenly have we su- very suddenly have four four Aussies in this side. By the way, without picking Ponting. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of Aussies in this side, <laughs> but that's because they were a great side. So you can't really argue. Fair enough. So the la- so the last seamer comes down to Garner. You know, someone. What about someone like Alan Donald, Sean Pollock? I don't know about Alan Donald as a one-day bowler, but Sean Pollock definitely. Um, I, I think he was. Oh, he's a nightmare anyway, right? Yeah. Um, great bowler. Probably we would have valued his all-round ability had we not had Michael Hussey at number seven. And we already have Callis anyway. Uh, yeah. Exactly. But no, um, great bowler, much in the sort of underrated Jaminder Vas kind of mold. Yeah. But I don't think over either either Ghana or D he made my side. But yes. look, I I think I I made it fairly clear that I'm a huge Alan Donald fan uh, in in other conversations as well. So I I don't understand why Alan Donald doesn't get in these get into the conversation when it comes to all time greats. Because he's never had a game in a major tournament where he single handedly turned it. But when has Pollock had that? Pollock did do it in that '99 semi final for them. Even though they didn't that win was the largely Klusner more than it was Pollock. To get not with the bat, with the ball. So look, just throwing numbers out here. Pollock obviously played a lot of matches, so three hundred ninety-three wickets. Um, Donald had two hundred seventy-two. 
in about 140 fewer uh, fewer games. Um, Pollock's bowling average was 24. His strike rate is nearly 40, and his but his economy was 3.6. Um, Donald's average was 21, and strike rate was 31. Both both significantly better than uh, than Pollock's, but his economy was 4.1. I still, again, either of them for me over the, the and the other thing is. For me, Donald doesn't have the shock value that Lee has or the shock value that Garner has. Pollock's a steady bowler, but you already have McGrath on your side. So, do you really find space for him? I look, I, I, would pick, I would pick Donald over over Pollock. I would arguably pick Garner over both. Yeah, I'm going with Garner over both. Fair enough. So, we have... We finally... We found space for a West Indian quick. Uh, there had to be one in this side. So, just wrapping... Yeah. So, just going to the 11... Uh, uh, all from top to bottom, we've got Gilchrist and Hashim Amla at the top. Um, I'm Callis at three, Lara at four, Viv Richards at five, AB de Villiers at six, ha- Michael Hussey is our finisher at seven. Um, what we, I guess, Pollock would, oh, sorry, uh, Warren would be a, a number eight, and then you just pick between Garner and um, McGrath. Bretley McGrath. Would over Garner, surely. So, oh, yeah, actually, Bretley, then Garner, and then McGrath. That's our side. Who do you th- who would would this side beat our Asia eleven? That's a tough one. But yeah, I think I think they, I think they would. I definitely think they would. Because let's not forget the Asia eleven has Wasim and Vakar and the only spinner who can say he who can at least claim that he's better than Warren. So the thing is, like all good games, if they get Tendulkar early, they'll win. <laughs> because he would have destroyed Warren otherwise. Uh, we need a we need a video game simulation for this. I would love to see this. Oh, we definitely need to do a video game simulation for uh, this. Right, we're picking. Uh, look, I, I I would still pick the Asia Eleven side over this. It, it it'd be close, but you've got the Asia Eleven side has God at the top of the order, plus Kohli, Dhoni, Sangha, and Yuvraj in their batting lineup. Yeah, but these are all guys that would struggle against like pace and bounce. Since when does Kohli struggle against pace and bounce? Okay, leaving out Kohli, everybody else. Dhoni doesn't really either. Yeah, but Dhoni... Alright, fine. Maybe not Dhoni, but... Sangakara would. Jaisuria would. Um, who else? Yuvraj would, for sure. Yuvraj has played really well against Australia in a World Cup. Apart from in, you know, in one days in general. Uh, that was in home conditions. But no, I, I think the, the, the more... A risky person for them in this attack wouldn't be the Australians. It would probably be Joe Garner. I would love to see. I would love to see Sachin against Garner or Kohli against Garner. Look, I'm gonna have to break your heart here because I picked Asia Eleven. And I know Sid picked Asia Eleven, so you're gonna lose just based on the de- on this being a democracy. Yeah, well, you're basically doing it because you're like anti-national. <laughs> no, we're doing it because you're anti-national. Oh, sorry, <laughs> I'm anti-national. Okay, then. Vote me anti-national. See, see how right. So we've got Asia eleven beating Asia eleven by two votes, two votes to one. Um, but yeah, that's uh that's our episode. Quick question before we we leave: How how, how many runs or wickets does one vote uh, count for? <laughs> um, I'm gonna I'm gonna get Sid to run the numbers on that. <laughs> oh yeah, let him do the yep. data. He, he is now a de facto analyst. Oh, we found him a new title when he's not even here. The analyst. <laughs> Jesus. I don't want to give him too much. Uh, he can be the junior analyst. Right. So that's our show, guys.